Real news. True, honest, and not fake news. Welcome back to another edition of Real News Uncensored. This week, we're going to delve into the big topics of the week, starting off with the news that kind of took hold in the later half of the week, which was the resignation of Justice Kennedy from the Supreme Court. Oh, retirement, I should say. Uh, he announced his retirement, uh, which means there's now an open seat on the Supreme Court, which is obviously a big deal. Uh, and this was a guy that, you know, was kind of a swing vote in the Supreme Court. You know, he voted for the gay marriage thing, and he also voted for uh, the travel ban, and he voted to uphold affirmative action, and a bunch of other stuff. But overall, I, I heard a statistic that he voted basically with the right-leaning judge justices 80% of the time. So now Trump has got to pick a new justice, and he said he'll pick it on July 9th. And Mitch McConnell said that they will vote on nominating the new justice that Trump picks in the fall. So, of course, in the reaction is conservatives are loving it. You know, this is a great time for them and their justice on the court to secure a right-leaning um, majority. But liberals, of course, are freaking out. It's the end of the world. Uh, what are your thoughts been on this, Mr. Alex? Well, the thing that liberals are getting really pissed off about is because he was the deciding factor in, I, I believe it was Roe versus Wade, if my memory doesn't mistake it. He very well I, could have been. I don't know about that, but um, yeah. That's that's what my understanding and the memes that they sent so far, and the liberals are freaking out that, oh no, there could be another like right-leaning justice, but he already kind of was right-leaning, but he did swing a few times, but so did uh, Gorsuch, I think. Like, he did... He didn't swing, but there was like something he voted on, and people weren't happy about it. Mm. Uh, I forget what the exact topic was that he uh, mentioned that he uh, did the deciding vote on. But either way, I think this is a good situation. The left is freaking out for really no reason, and they keep like making these memes. It's like, oh, this guy comes in, he's going to ban birth control. No. <laughs> yeah. The most that he could do is repeal Roe versus Wade, which that you know, birth, you know, abortion. I'd hardly classify as birth control unless, like, if you extrapolate that far, I guess, you know, like banning, uh, you know, like video games would be a form of banning birth control because it makes <laughs> some people just like fat and you know, thing. like banning incels. We considered a birth control ban, but the left would be fine with that. Is that an official yeah. position of? Uh... Real news here to ban uh, incels. We can't really ban incels. That's the thing, you know. Like they're they're an interesting group of people, and the left just it just like they created them. It seems like it just started this term. Like it became like a big meme because the left wing they keep posting all oh, these incels who go on the websites like 4chan, 8chan, and Reddit, and mm -hmm. like you know, and they've they've always existed. They've always been an issue. Sure, there might be some more now. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into the birth of the incel. I'd say a big, you know, acceleration of it was caused by man-hating third-way feminism. I think that's part of it because, like, these days, it's very hard to get in the dating scene. You know, like, you have to be very careful as a man because, you know, there's a good chance you could get someone who's, like, downright, you know, like an ardent feminist and they give you a rape accusation. That's a uh, definite thing. And these days, like, you know, it's not even just like yes means yes. You have to like get, you know, for every little step of the way, it's like the old uh, paperclip in Microsoft, like uh, operating system. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like Windows Vista is what women, you know, want you to do is be that little paperclip, and you know, and then I also see these articles, too, it's like, millennials are having less sex than everyone else, well, yeah. I wonder why, and, you know, as much as they go and, like, put sex out there, and they're, like, talking about it, they just don't have it as much, probably because they're afraid to, and then, you know, there's also other things involving the economy, and the fact that people don't want children these days, and that's the thing, too, because, like, women, they feel, like, I think they're kind of told not to have kids until they're 30, which, biologically is not a very smart decision to do like you your prime birthing years is like i think somewhere between like biologically you know i'm not saying to do this but biologically i think it's like 16 to like 26 is like when you're in your prime to have kids or really like i think it whenever here's some biologists but generally starting at 16 that sort of degrades but once you hit 30 it starts going really downhill by the time you're in your 40s like 
you know, I wouldn't do it. It's like, you know, like a milk. It's it's like a week past expiration date. I mean, yeah, you might be able to have decent milk, but chances are there's going to be something wrong and you're going to have problems. That's like having kids after 40. Like, it could, it, you could be fine, but, you know, statistics say you're less likely to have a kid with a birth defect if you had sex with your brother. Yeah. And if you had sex past, you know, have a kid past, you know, age like 40 like i think it really starts going down between like 35 it's just you don't want to do it and that's so that's what happens with the ladies they get told they get told that being a housewife isn't enough and you know it is like it generally is like most of the people i know who are housewives who have children stay at home others they generally enjoy it and the good thing is after you're done having kids if you have your kids early you know, especially like, you know, you know, I have a couple kids, you know, two or three kids by the time you stop having them by the time you're like 32 or something. And then, you know, you'll be in your 50s and then you can spend the rest of your life working a career. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You have your kids early. Like, and really, you only really, with schools, you only really need to be like really super involved, like until they're in like middle school, like really elementary school, like by the time they're like, you know, fourth, fifth grade. I mean, you just have to be involved, but, like, the amount of resources, it's really, like, the first six years of their life, they'd be super, super heavy involved with a child. Like, yeah, yeah you, had to go, you might have to go there with soccer games and stuff. And most kids, like, you know, their parents don't even go there, and they're fine with that. It really depends on how you want to raise your kid. But um, to get back to what we were talking about, you know, I think that this Kenny resignation could be a good thing be able to actually get someone in and if they're gonna stonewall us that could be a problem yeah i don't and, think they're having much luck with that because you know they're gonna try and get this in before midterms and they should be able to hold uh i don't know if you need two-thirds in senate to get approved you probably do but they could probably get it but you know hey if they don't that's a thousand times more motivation to get us in the midterms uh get republicans out but Roe versus Wade, you know, being uh, overturned. Um, I have mixed feelings about that idea. I think it could be really bad um, and, you know, make the Republicans look bad. But at the other, you know, end of it, I don't think it's that radical of an idea because, you know, for, I don't know a, a lot about Roe versus Wade. I mean, abortion's not an issue I've deep dived into enough. But, uh, from what I understand, Roe versus Wade just made basically legalize a certain level of abortions. Now, it, I get, what was that? It legalized, it legalized abortion up until I think it was like uh, was like twenty some odd weeks, or mm. it was originally like twelve. But like it basically legalized abortion nationwide because previously it was not legal nationwide. That was the mm. major thing. Yeah. So you know, regardless if that's good or bad, and let's say they do overturn it. It's just going to be up to the states now, and, and these states would like, you know, if they wanted to keep abortion to that length or longer or whatever, they could do it so quickly, and, you know, if you don't like that your state does it, then, you know, you can move out if you really want to. I know it's difficult to do, but I don't see it as an end-of-the-world sort of thing if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. I mean, I don't have a real stance on, you know, it to say if it's good or bad, but I'm generally of the philosophy that... Um, I would tell a woman not to get an abortion to do as a last resort, but, you know, don't wait around too long until it becomes like a fully formed, like, fetus in there. I mean, to me, that's not right to be aborting something then, you know, because I've heard stories about abortions and it, you know, it screws women up. So, to me, avoid it at all costs, but, like, you know, so, so people understand where I'm coming from on this. You know, I'm not hardcore in any sense, but... You know, I, I just don't see overturning Roe versus Wade as, as the end of the world. Could it look bad for Republicans? Possibly. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't even know if that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a push for it, you know, by a bunch of groups. But I don't know if it'll happen. Well, see, I mean, I'm Catholic. I'm very much uh, pro-life. I don't believe that, you know, is this, if a kid did nothing wrong, you know, a fetus, I generally don't want it to be, you know, killed. Yeah. Like, the time, you know, that might differ from the Catholic Church is in the case that there is a, a pregnancy that cannot be completed mm -hmm. due to danger to the mother. Yeah. In that point, you know, like uh, certain cases with like ectopic pregnancies, I think that would be. Um, yeah, you know, all those. 
if if there's no other way to keep the the, the fetus, that'd be my only sort of thoughts on that. And that's only like last resort. And if it would mean the death of the mother, like 100%, not really too sure on the medical procedures and what other options there are, but that's the only time I think that would ever be acceptable. Yeah, rape, now, it, rape incest, death of the mother, all well, those freak we'll see, examples we'll are always... With rape, you know, that they want to go and push these edge, edge cases with that. How often do you think a rapist is going to go and, you know, ejaculate inside somebody? That's just leaving genetic evidence right there. Yeah, but uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, it doesn't sound right, logical, right. but that's assuming rapists are logical people. Well, they generally don't want to get caught. And here's the thing, like, you know, you know, normally, like, there's one sexual encounter is very unlikely to produce a uh, a child, like a pregnancy from that. Yeah. And then there's other options you could go and do. You yeah. take, like, a morning after pill. Yeah, that's what I have a problem with is these people that it's like they wait forever and then they get the abortion. Like there's a lot of proactive measures you can take. And then, you know, day after measures you can take. Like I know rape is a you know, traumatic thing and all that, but if you want to make the best of your situation, then do like those morning after pills and stuff like that. And just do that shit so you don't have to worry about this stuff. You know, and getting into the, a worse situation. Um, you know, and, you know, just... just I think a lot of this like controversy would be avoided if people just you know like you're in you're gonna know at a certain point if you're pregnant and once you know make that decision like within a week you know because I I you know I don't know when life really begins but I would believe in those very early stages you could argue it's not life but you know once well, you get to the point of fully formed fetus you know what you know, what are you you've been waiting forever. How do you define life? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the only one that makes sense to me is like at conception. That's the only time it's like, you know, because before that, it's just like, oh, you know, you could go. Up. Like, what's the difference between a fetus and the baby? Like, if you seem like, like I think past like, like with the premature births, you can have people like born who are like twenty eight weeks, like a baby, something like that. Yeah. Like, at that point, they can survive with the aid of machinery, and then they become, you know, relatively healthy when they grow up. It's just that to be put in an incubation station. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. see, see, that's kind of. I don't really understand this whole like. Either it's beginnings at conception, or you're just like making up some BS. In mm. my opinion, like it, it just doesn't make any sense any other way. Cause that's the only thing that changes it. You know, there's plenty of way, and like ninety, per, it's like ninety-nine percent of cases of abortion don't involve rape. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know those are freak so examples. Low. Something so low, but they make this the number one issue. It's like you know, with uh, with with the Mexicans coming over the border with their kids, and like the chance of the kids like being gone. There's like millions of people crossing the border illegally, like every year, like millions and millions, and of those, like you know, maybe two thousand of them are without their parents. It's like less than 1%. And they make these these edge cases become their cases, their basis for the entire argument. And yeah. except for when it involves guns, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, that, that's, that's what they do with that too. It's like, you know, there's a school shooter, so we should go and ban guns. And that's like an edge case. But, you know, there's a rape, so let's not ban abortion. How does that make sense? Yeah. How does yeah. that make sense to me? It, it doesn't. But um, now anyways, we were talking about the Supreme Court. Now, there was uh, two important rulings this week, uh, one on the travel ban, again, which I don't know how they can keep bringing this shit up. This I has know. been on, like, five times I in know. the past year. Like, they need to, like, why are these courts trying to get, like, can't the Supreme Court just go and be like, yo, stop this, we already ruled on this, not once, not twice. <laughs> this is, like, the third time now. If you do this again, we're just going to kick you out because you're overstepping your boundaries. And then there is an important, a really important one on uh, unions, which is something that I like because unions, you know, they they do a lot of really shady things in some places, and I've yeah. had, like Facebook arguments with people over this, but like it, it just doesn't make sense to me how they can do some crazy sort of um, rulings. Well, that, I, what I love is like with this ruling, which basically says like if you're not, um, you know. A part of the union, like you, because you, 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 some you know, uh, workplaces for those that are too young to be in the workforce, you know, you can sometimes choose to be in a union or not. 
but some workplaces will require you like to pay certain like union dues or uh, collective bargaining. This ruling says that if you're not, you know, if you work at like let's say a school and you're not part of the union, you don't have to pay into them. Now, I have no problem with that. Like, I don't see what the controversy is. Like, I see people freaking out over this. Like, I had like a notification from like CNN that was like, oh, this is going to cause economic turmoil. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> or people saying like, oh, you're limiting their, you know, their, their choice. This is the definition of choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, see, especially with government sector unions, and I, I kind of wish too, because what they can do in the private sector, and they probably just in government sector up until this, is like they'll make it so that if you're not in the union, they'll sign, they'll, the, the union will sign a contract with the employer saying that they can only hire union members at this, uh, like, workshop or something. Yeah. And that is what really pisses me off, because that's a form of discrimination based on your association. If you refuse to associate with the union, employ you here, and that's, that should be struck down. But, and in most cases, like, you see union dying off, and that's, and like, because they don't really pick up in the, in the private sector. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, as much as I will say this about unions, I do think that there is one option that unions haven't considered because they're most like nine out of ten times with the exception maybe the Border Patrol Union. They're all like, they're all insanely leftist organizations. Yeah. But, you know, I think that as a union, what they should be worrying about is keeping the jobs in America and allowing the workers to have their freedom of expression outside like outside of uh, working hours to not be fired for that mm. i would be I would, that'd be like the one union i'd be they did was you know like stop employers like google from like firing people for having different opinions like like the one guy uh who was it the guy with DeMore, the memo. james demore yeah. if they did like see if i was like uh, if they had a union over there like my sort of that from happening like that would be the point of it. It prevent them from kicking someone out for having like a for writing the Google memo. Well, there I are like a, quite a few unions that are that way. Like I know uh, a friend that works for a union that says like he could rip into his boss and like talk all kinds of shit, you know, around the place, and he wouldn't have to worry about getting fired. Like there's a lot of protection in a union, which well, has yeah. its benefits and you know drawbacks, of course. See, I'm fine. I'm fine if they just did that, but nine out of ten times they'll go and like argue for like ridiculous things, like pay increases. Yeah, well, it's not just that, but like it makes it become unprofitable. That's the problem. Like that's what killed the American automotive industry. Not even just America; it killed uh, Britain's automotive industry. There was a, a documentary by um, who's that guy from Top Gear, Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah, he talked about. Uh, I think it was. I think it was automotive and what killed like MG and uh, I think a bunch of other companies was like the unions were striking so much that like the quality of the cars were just like dog oh, crap. Oh yeah. Like you might go and like find one time you buy a car, the wipers don't work or like the door falls off or the electrical stuff is all kablooey which is why they kind of suck towards the end of the uh, production of those vehicles within Britain at least. And that's ultimately what led, to, and the same thing kind of happened to my understanding, and that's when, uh, you know, like probably around like the eight, like late 70s and 80s, and that's when you see like Honda and Toyota come to America, is because like they did have unions in Japan, but they weren't as uh, obstructive as they are in America to my understanding. Like they didn't do these like crazy amounts of like uh, strikes. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept their automotive industry uh, fairly intact. But, like, you know, I do feel that, like, workers should be able to go. I don't think you're just going to be able to cuss out your boss. But, like, I think, you know, you shouldn't be fired for, you know, like, having an opinion. Yeah. And I think that's what unions should focus on. And focus on keeping, like, sh like shoot, if you're going to strike, dude, ever them building a freaking, like, Ford factory in Mexico, that would be something I'd be for. You know, like, I'm not, I'm, that's probably like a, a strange, naughty opinion, but like, I think they should keep jobs in America. You know, like a populist or Republican uh, sort of right wing thing would be to go and have these sort of, uh, that would be like, a, you, you could go and argue that. To go and keep jobs in America, and they, which is good for the unions because they keep their workers employed. 
Now, I don't think they should go and like keep pushing and pushing and pushing for more, you know, money like they always do, and more benefits, and they get this and they get that. Um, and I, but I mean, I don't think they necessarily should. I just don't think that you shouldn't be able to go and like you should be able to go and kick out non-union workers from the workplace. I don't think that 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 should definitely. I don't even think they should have like unions in uh, the public sector. I'm I think they should be allowed to make them, but I just think it's a bad idea. Well, like when you have it where you can't, where you have to be in a union in a public sector or like pay money into it, I think that's yeah. wrong. I don't like unions in the public sector. The public sector should try to produce the most uh, the most effective product with the least amount of money. That should be the only thing to save the taxpayer's dollar. Yeah, that's true. But that's the exact opposite uh, of what we have in reality. Like, shoot, I was watching an episode of King of the Hill, you know, earlier today. And they had a uh, something about like I think a Bill Dotrieve, He like gave Hank Hill a haircut, and they charged Hank Hill nine hundred dollars because Bill was in the army, and they pay make everyone else like pay off the taxpayer dollar like nine hundred dollars to get a haircut, and that seems ridiculous until you realize that like some government facilities they pay like a hundred dollars for a roll of toilet paper, and they have these contracts, and they put the money in there, and then they get kickbacks when they go and build these other projects, and that's you know, that's a major problem when you have this level of political corruption. Like, they need to have, like, some sort of looking over this stuff, and if you're caught doing gross negligence, like, just fraud, more or less, like, these sort of kickbacks, there needs to be people, you know, thrown into jail over this. But it generally doesn't happen, if it does, it's like 20 years after the fact. Yeah. And well, the other thing you mentioned, we mentioned political, the problem I have with unions is that you want to talk about the biggest donor to Democrats? It's not, you know, uh, George Soros' money. It's not, you know, environmental groups. It's freaking unions. They're the biggest donors to the Democrats, or maybe you could argue politics in general, you know? And I'm not saying, you know, that uh, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to do this, but maybe they shouldn't be. Like, because wouldn't, you know, when you pay your union dues, like, or whatever the money you give them... You have no control where that money's going. Like, you think it's going towards the union to help you and help the union, but it's going to these big, you know, think tanks and political organizations that may not be for your benefit. Oh, absolutely. I think that's wrong that they're allowed to donate to politics. And, like, and I, I've even heard cases, you know, I don't know if they've caught all these, but they'll, like, the union boss will go and, like, look you up, your vote, who registered to vote for, and Jesus. if it's not, like, a Democrat. And this is public information. You can find out who's registered to vote for somebody. I don't know if they're allowed to do it, but I've heard cases when they have done this before, and they'll go and uh, reprimand you somehow if you do not, if you're not registered to vote for the right, you know, the right oh. quotation mark party, yeah. which is the Democrats, like 100 percent of the time. I think that's just absurd. That they're allowed to do that. Like, you know, I'm fine with like voluntary organizations like donating to politics like the NRA, but with unions, they're not exactly voluntary in many, in like many cases where you're, where you'll be stopped from entering a workplace unless you're a member of the union. And that's where it gets me like really upset. Well, and that's where know? this court decision's great because imagine if you're going to try and work for a company and you don't want to be a part of the union because let's say you don't like, you know, for whatever reason, but you also don't like where the money's going but they still have a gun to your head saying, well, if you want to work for us, you better pay to the union, even though if you're not a part of it. Well, screw that, you know? I don't want my mm. money going uh, to uh, all these, like, uh, left-leaning, you know, socialist you know, groups. I mean, that's not fair in any sense, you know? I, I, I always try to point out, you know, hey, both sides do this. But in this case, when has the right done this? Okay? When has the right... Held a gun to your head at a company and said, you, you know, you better join this and that, you know, because it donates to right wing groups and does all this other stuff. Or, oh, hey, you're not going to work here. You know, well, I think you're misrepresenting it because this is government workers. This isn't like if I'm in oh, yeah, that's true. Joe's Plum Shack company and they have a union there, they can still do all that. It's yeah, just that's true. if you're working at a uh, government facility and they have a union, then you're not allowed to go and like then they can't make you join, like, pay union dues. Like, if you're at a school and you're in the teachers, and you're in this a teacher's union-affiliated school, then you, you can't be forced to go and donate money to pay for a collective bargaining, which you may or may not actually want. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so, should have read this a little more closely, but yeah. Um, it, it's just like, I'm, I'm not the biggest hater of unions, but I, you know, I just, I, I like freedom and choice. And the more you restrict that, I think generally the worse society gets. And especially in a government agency when you really, you know, it's a public agency. You know, that's what you got to keep in mind. It's not like a private company where it's like they can do whatever they want and it doesn't affect you as much. Like these are government, public agencies that are, you know, funded by taxpayer dollars. Oh, yeah. So, in effect, your taxpayer money, you know, up until this is was going directly into the pockets of people who will vote dem who will like put money into the Democrats' coffers. Your money had like a beeline. Your taxes that would go towards paying unions to get and pay for Democrats to be elected. Like, how does you? How does that make you feel? Like you, the taxpayer. Like, if you don't, if you're not like a Democrat, and even if you are a Democrat, like, let's say, you know, there is a Republican union in the schools. You yeah. know, how that make you feel? That was helping Republicans get elected. You wouldn't like that. You know, so this is a good thing for freedom and it's a good for, you know, spending, lowering the amount of your money being spent into politics that you don't like. And I think this is a step in the right direction. I'd like them to, you know, at least public sector ones, I'd like those to be abolished. If you don't have a private union, that's fine, but I just don't think they have a place in the public. Yeah. My opinion, because that is like taking your money in there. Like if they want to have, you know, some uh, something else that doesn't go into like politics if like see i think like teachers unions i don't think any public sector should be allowed to go and spend money into politics like not at all i don't I think, think they should be allowed to spend in anything other than you know their workplace yeah like if it goes into politics and like you know i could even concede as long as it doesn't go directly electing people i would be fine like you know, make them do like uh, only for specific legislation at least as a first step i'd like them to be completely gone from politics but you can only hope you know what i mean yeah yeah you can't always get what you want uh you want to move on to the next topic yep yeah now this topic's an it's an interesting one because it's a little hard to predict what's going to happen here but what we know that did happen was in new york there was a upset of an election where long-term uh Joseph, uh, representative of the New York 14th District, Joseph Crowley, was a big-name Democrat, old guy, he's been there a long time, he's been in a specific seat since 2013, and he was the one that was going to, you know, win this election, no problem, and then when Democrats, in their, you know, hopeful dreams, win the midterms, he would become the uh, Speaker of the House, you know, instead of Nancy Pelosi, who's always kind of that, you know, uh, ready to take that sort of seat uh, person. But he lost his election and big time to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, as you can already tell, is a Hispanic uh, woman. She's only 28. She's a self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist, and she defeated him in this uh, election. Now, if you want to know how socialist she is, she's... I would even argue more to the left of Bernie Sanders. She's not only for universal health care, free uh, to not only just free college, but free education everywhere across the board. She's also for a universal job guarantee, which I don't know how that works, but it's like if you can't find a job, the government will give you one, which I, again, I don't know how that works. Uh, she's a, for impeaching Donald Trump, okay? And then the very uh, provocative one, if you call it, she's calling for the abolishment of ICE. She wants ICE abolished, completely gone. Uh, you, you know, which is taken a little bit of steam, actually. Like, that's actually caught off that idea of abolishing ICE, uh, which I'll talk about in a bit. But I, I, I'm interested in her, I'd follow her, keep my eye on her, because she, I wouldn't underestimate her, because uh, if the Democratic Party keeps going further left, and you saw how much traction Bernie got, she could get some traction, but I generally think this is something that can only be applied to a local level. On a national level, she would not win in a general election. Most Americans are nowhere near ready for extreme socialism like this, but what's interesting 
about her is that she is a young, new-faced Democratic Party. And this one article on, um, uh, I'm forgetting the site, the, Glenn, the Intercept, Glenn Greenwald, The Intercept, she complained about Democrats being too apologetic, so she's going to be this unapologetic uh, you know, candidate, which I think is good for them in a sense. Like, if they want to start winning things, you better be unapologetic because it works with Trump. It's going to pretty much work across the board. Uh, she's also kind of taken a sort of Trumpian sort of spin into politics by giving simple, provocative uh, policy points or negotiating points. As she even pointed out in the same article where she talks about the abolishment of ICE is just a negotiating point. You know, it's a provocative statement that's simple, that will get her attention and get, you know, pace and lead people to a more moderate position. Assuming that's what she really wants to do. As she says it's a negotiating point, but I don't know. But I watched some interviews with her, and I gotta say, you can tell. Like, you can tell she hasn't done this before. Like, she was literally a bartender before she was doing this. Even though she had an uh, economics degree, ironically, uh, from, a, you know, from a big university. Uh, I forget which one, but she's not a dumb person. She comes off nice and honest in these interviews, but she does say some crazy shit like all Republicans are racist and all that crap. But I guess that rallies your base, you know, on the Democratic side. But she just comes, she's very bad with public speaking. She just does not come off good. She goes with a lot of ums and I know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, and it just doesn't come off good. There's no confidence in her voice. There's no passion. There's, I, I just don't see that energizing people. I mean, I think there's a lot of people helping her out there that, you know, have helped her get this victory, but there's no doubt she has some skill. I just don't see the whole skill stack here. Well, actually, I think this is a great thing for Republicans because this could be a fracturing of the Democratic Party from the more moderate left. You know, the more inclusive moderate mm. left into this, like, hardcore ultra-left, like, Bernie sort of thing, yeah. which is what I think won Trump the election by fracturing the base. And this is going to scare the uh, establishment Democrats, you know, who've predominantly been white. And they've, this could actually unify the, you know, the white voter base against this because they realize that there's no place for them in America once, you know, this happens. And this isn't going to just be her. Like, this is going to be within the Democrat Party, at least. You're going to start seeing this happen. It's going to make people realize that, uh oh, maybe this, you know, illegal immigration problem might be an actual problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because when she says shit. Getting- like abolish ICE, I think that turns a lot of people off because I think there's definitely that that uh, that cult falling. I think she's gonna get a cult falling, kind of like a Rand Paul sort of cult falling, but even smaller in the sense that there are those bleeding heart sort of uh, liberals that think you know ICE is inhumane because she's kind of capitalizing on this you know child children in cages family separation thing. I think there are people that do see ICE as an inhumane group, and that's how she's reframing the situation. But most people are for stronger borders and tougher enforcement and deploying illegals. Like, 90, like 80-90% of Americans are for that. And when you say abolish ICE, that is, in people's minds, abolishing law and order. And that makes people scared. People like safety, they like security, they like law and order. So I think it's going to turn people off, to be honest. Yeah, like, it, it, what she's saying is just, you know, scary, and she wants to go and do massive taxing to pay for all this, and, you know, the average working Joe is not going to want massive tax increases, even if it yeah. does involve free tuition, and and then this universal job guarantee, like, see, there's a way you could kind of do this, by requiring people who are on welfare to go and work. Yeah, and I'm 100% for that. Yeah, like, see, like, you know, even if you, like, fit and I think you should be required. I, I saw this on the news. I don't know who, who suggested that, but like, make them do like a mandatory, you know, forty hours a week of uh, community service instead. Yeah. I think that would be. I think that'd be fine. I I know? love that because I. The, my problem is if you are physically able to do work, you should be doing it. If if you have a you know a physical mental disability. That's, that you're born with that prevents you from doing work, that's a whole different ballgame. But if you can do work, you should be doing work. Like, no questions about it. And if you don't want to do work, that's fine. But you don't get any government benefits. You know, if you want to be on the government benefits, you have to either be looking for a job or, or 
after a certain point have a job or else well, like, bye bye. Like see, even if you do have like a disability, smart like have like greeters. Even if it's just that, this is what Japan does. They'll make people who are on their social security, you know, their like welfare equivalent. They'll make them go over there and they'll like hand them their tickets at the at the uh, train station. Just something menial like that, just to get up and out. Because if they don't work, then they're just going to sit at home and like play on the computer all day. Yeah. And you know, I think if you want to get welfare, you should have to go and pay for it. And like, and even if you're in a wheelchair, and you can go defeats and do the purpose like of it, though. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like even if you're on the, if you, even if you do have a mental disability, there is still something you can do, like yeah. pushing. Like, even if you had to go and like, you know, push, be a cart pusher, you know, yeah, something, you know, maybe not that. Maybe you could just go and like uh, be a cart pusher. There's something that you can do that would make other people's lives easier, and that would get you out of the house. You know, there's something you can always be doing, and I think everyone should have to go and like, you know, unless you have enough money. You should have to go and try to be a benefit to society somehow. Yeah. At least, even if it's not worth, uh, you know, whatever the welfare benefits you're getting, you should have to do that. Or yet, you should be have to like be actively seeking training. Yep. Which, like, you just have to be doing something. Yeah, you know? exactly. And and I know what people are gonna say. Oh, but I can't find a job because there are no jobs. Bullshit. Bullshit. I I have I'm working right now. As a summer job. And let me tell you, there are so many employers that are begging, I mean begging, for people to work for them. Kohl's had a sign that literally said, if you want a job, come in now, help wanted, we will interview you right now. Like, no wait, no second appointment, no, we'll interview you right now. There are so many places that are desperate for jobs. And you want to know why this is? It's because kids don't want to work. They are spoiled and they think, oh, I don't have to work. And I understand, like, enjoy your summer. Like, don't get me wrong. But there's so many people that have graduated college. They're like, I'm going to take a year or two off. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how are you going to pay for your bills? How are you going to pay for that student loan? Like, get your ass to work, you know? And I think that mentality of, you know, I don't have to work because we have monies is not a good full, you know, uh, mindset because just because mommy and dad are paying for it doesn't mean you're not going to have to real soon. So, you know, and I, I think, you know, also people are going to say, well, but automation is going to be replacing things. Yeah, it's going to be, but it's not right now. So let's make good of this now because when that problem comes, that's going to be a huge problem, you know, in terms of what are we going to do for all these people? Of course, there's going to, be people, you know, these uh, robots one that are going to need to be maintained, so that's going to be a job. But there's going to be a net loss of jobs, and you know, what are we going to do with those people? I don't know, but that's something we have to figure out. Absolutely, I, I agree with that. But either I think that this is a uh, turning point in the Democratic Party. They're going to have some uh, some explaining to do. They're going to they're yeah. restructuring. There's going to be a change somewhere in them from this. Yeah. But on to our last topic of the week is the uh, newspaper shooting in Annapolis, Maryland. Mm -hmm. uh, I think five people were killed. It was with a shotgun. So before you go off on, oh, it's another hour <laughs> 15. I was like, action shotgun. Like, you know, just a regular shotgun. Like, nothing special. This, you know, if you want to go and ban this, you're going to piss off the, like, several million hunters in like in america yeah yeah and they haven't even been calling the band you know it's that like they're just like oh shit it's not ar darn yeah it's like it, it's the same thing what happens like with her there's like a black shot up a church yeah. a couple years ago and no one talked about it because they weren't white yeah you know and that's that's their thing when it's something that they don't like when it's not the narrative of like an of like a, a white guy with an AR-15 or some scary looking <laughs> weapon, they just. But this one was interesting because this was, uh, you know, my my thoughts. This was during a very positive news week for the republic, at least for Trump, with the uh, travel ban, unions, and the Kenny resignation. And then, you know, it just so happens that these these things tend to coincide. Whenever there's a positive news cycle, it seems. There's something negative that pops up right at the end of the week. You know, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that's just what I tend to see over here. So take that as you will. That's that's my thoughts. 
there was this shooting and there could be more on it like major news don't report on that but there was um you know this guy ended up shooting these people and this has been going on for years since i think like 2011 because the newspaper targeted this guy for harassing somebody he got pissed off he sued them lost yeah. were thrown out he was he yeah. was just getting really upset and then he decided to go and take out his revenge yeah he claimed that they were defaming him which it sounded like they weren't um, cause like he'd done some harassment, um, and shit. It, the guy just sounded like crazy. Like, cause I saw so many, you know, people jumping the gun on this, to use a bad pun, <laughs> jumping the gun on this story where they were saying that, you know, he was motivated by Maxine Waters telling, you know, to go after, you know, um, you know, he's like a radical leftist that was, you know, uh, or sorry, radical, um, yeah, radical leftist, like, going nuts and then there were the people on the left saying it was a trump support like going after the fake news and getting all angry because of trump's rhetoric like no it wasn't any of these cases and you you fucking people were you know scoring some political points and making speculation for any of the facts were in and i think to go on your sort of um your alex jonesy sort of theory of or you know idea of this i i think what because there were i don't want to sound uh, mean when I say this, but there were only five people killed. Usually these things get coverage when it's like a high body count, like over 10, and you know, when you're in the double digits. And I think, you know, there may have been, I don't know, but maybe some people in the media wanted to give this more coverage than they would normally get. Maybe. Oh, well, I think the reason for that, you know, apart from my thoughts, they want to go and make Trump look stupid because this, what Trump does not like the mainstream media, even though I don't think he's specifically spoken out about the Capitol. Is that, yeah. I think it's just like, oh, someone shot a journalist. Yeah. Encourages violence to journalists. Thing. Yeah. And then, you know, there's uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, and yeah. he's been giving, um, he's been like banned and from like uh, Venmo and PayPal, but, you know, there's always Zell. You know, Milo, you can always use that unless they ban you from that too. But and that's what pisses me off. Like here's just a, a basic thing. Unless you're a convicted, like even then, like criminals, like they still have freaking PayPal and stuff. I don't think you should kick someone out from a uh, like a PayPal, like a payment processing service, uh, like unless you are like doing illegal things with that money, like you're being a drug dealer. You know, I think that should there should be a law against that, and then they should be required to go and. Uh, you know, have them there because that's if they were going to say you have to have a like Twitter. You now this is a first amendment because how can you like, you know, it's freedom of association. Yeah. You know they they kicked out they banned people from like these other services for like during the Charlottesville from like trying to go take a ride down to Charlottesville before the actual shoot like event happened just because they associated with those people. I think for things like that, you, it should only be if you know you're physically harming somebody. And like, you know, what he, what Milo did, I would not consider like physical harm. He made some, no. you know, some statements on there, which I think, you know, probably look bad in hindsight, but he kind of predicted this. This guy, I doubt had any sort of relationship with Milo. I doubt he even knew who Milo really Yeah. because this was going on since 2011. So I can say with fairly cert fair certainty that. Milo didn't have anything to do with this, and uh, Donald Trump didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. This has been... Yeah? Oh, no, keep going. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> this has been a rage that's been brewing for years, and he was obviously mentally unstable, and, uh, you know, this is a tragedy that it happened, but maybe if, you know, some of the people over there were able to go and defend themselves, because this guy only had a shotgun, you could, you know, you yeah. could recently take out this guy with a pistol. Yeah. And they could have prevented that. Yeah, and I see like a lot of right wing people saying like, "Oh, this is the hateful media that fueled this." No, this is a fucking isolated incident of a guy that had this vendetta against this newspaper. And you gotta remember too, like this is to both the left and the right. Like this is a local newspaper. Local papers and local news tends to be the most unbiased, straight news you're gonna get. So this wasn't you know, instigated by the press in any way. This guy was nuts. This had nothing to do with Trump, nothing to do with Milo. And the thing that happened with Milo 
is like one of the worst time things in the world. Like, I mean, I was genuinely shocked how badly time it was. Because he, frame by it doesn't know the full story because I've seen this spun so many wrong ways. Milo sent these private, I want to emphasize that word, private text to journalists that kept nagging him for interviews because um, instead of saying fuck off or screw you he just said and i quote i can't wait for the vigilante squads to start gunning down uh or gunning journalists down on site end quote and to be honest with you i i would not have sent that because journalists are scummy dirty people they're looking for a scoop anywhere that would get taken out of context as you saw it did i wouldn't have done that i I understand Milo's trying to be trolly, provocative, edgy, and, you know, just get these people to shut up. Like, I get it. I just wouldn't have phrased it that way or done what he said. Uh, but, of course, many outlets took this the wrong way. They said he was encouraging uh, the gunning down journalists. I think that was the Observer. The New York Observer said he it was encouraging, you know, journalists to get killed. Which, you know, now Milo's going to start suing all these... Uh, companies that smeared him because you know, there are thousands of people on Twitter saying that he should lose his Instagram and lose his Facebook because he, uh, you know, he caused this shooting. You know, of course he did. Like these were texts that were sent in private. Nobody knew that you know about these things. There's no way this guy that you know shopped the Capital Gazette could have known about this. And it's been a few. It's been happening for years since 2011. I mean, how much more can I emphasize? Has nothing to do with Milo. So Milo says he regrets nothing. You can read his full uh, response to all these allegations on Dangerous.com, his website. Uh, it should be like the first article on the homepage. But, you know, again, I wouldn't have done what Milo's done. I generally agree with what Milo does. And I always love his sort of trolly, provocative behavior. This is one of those instances I would have said, no, don't, don't do this. This is stupid. But in the end, like, I, I think, you know, him doubling down isn't a bad move on his part because he literally did nothing wrong in terms of the shooting. So it was like one of those crazy things where like the shooting happened like two days after he said these things and articles came out about it. It was just like, it was really like the worst timing in the world. Yeah. You know, Milo, if you're ever just like down on your luck and you know, you want to go and talk to us, you know, <laughs> you're really welcome to cover here for an interview. Yeah. Take you no matter how offend you know, anyone, I could care less who it is. Uh, I'm fine with interviewing anyone. Views. Oh, we'd love to interview him. It'd be fabulous. Milo, I'd love to interview you. Like, you're one of my, I'm not going to lie, you're one of my favorites out there. You're one of my idols. I love you. If you want to just drop by for a real news episode, like, we'd have you on for like hours, have so much fun. You're not like the mainstream media that uh, selectively edits stuff, misrepresents, takes things out of context, and you know, poses as objective and acts all nicey-nice and then screws you in the final edit. No, we're right-wing. We I tr we try to be objective as possible in telling you the facts, but then we give our commentary and tell you what we think about things. Like, we're not CNN. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, just before we end up uh, leave ending the show, uh, we will get that email up for the uh, contest. Oh, yes. For week. <laughs> We've had a busy week, but we'll we'll get that up. So you know, I, I'm sure there's just people lined up wanting to go and submit their um, their space force designs to us. But uh, yeah, we'll get that done, and um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have other contests in the future, especially once we get uh, double digit subscribers. Yes, Definitely. Oh. like and, um, you know, like and share this. We love to get more people on, and we'll we could always use, I guess, people to go and do graphics and shit. Yeah, yeah, I could always use the help. I mean, you know, as uh, Alex said, like, share, subscribe to the channel. You'll know, do everything to spread the word about our channel. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and we have a Discord link where you come in and actually talk to us on the show. Uh, have some fun. Uh, links are in the description below, of course. Uh, but, yeah, if you ever want to help out with graphics or anything, like, we would love some fan art to put in our thumbnails and stuff in our videos because... We plan on doing some videos with full-fledged graphics and shit like that. So, you know, support us, please, because we're not CNN. We're not the, you know, Fox News, mainstream media, BS. We're not that, even InfoWars. <laughs> we're not even InfoWars. <laughs> yeah, we're just two honest guys. They're just honestly just trying to give some, you know, uh, clear 
objective but also uh, subjective uh, thoughts on news and politics and whatnot. You know, we wanna we wanna tear down the mainstream media and create sort of an alternative media on YouTube that's you know free, fun loving, and fun. Yeah, but um, anyways, you know, it's been great having you guys week and be sure to watch our upcoming videos we'll, we'll eventually get down so i think we got another movie review coming up this week yeah we're gonna have a movie review of lauren southern's documentary farmlands that should be up uh pretty soon so check for that and we have some uh, other movie like maybe some point and definitely some more foundries we've been a little bit slacking on those but uh you know we'll get them up they'll they'll be there you know yeah. i know you love the uh so we'll have to do another red sequel to the incel ones. That seems very popular. Yes. Oh yeah, it's so funny. I was looking at the analytics, like the most the, the term that people search most to find our videos was incel. Yeah, so you know, all the incels out here, you know, if you ever want to go and talk, you know, if you have any problems, we'd be more than happy to go and have someone to speak to. Yeah, we'll do Stefan Monu style fucking like breaking down the psychology of everything. Yeah, we'll help you. You know, figure out yourself. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not clinical psychologist. Neither is um, my uh, co-host over here. But we'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll do yeah. something. It'll be fun. You know, if you're an incel, you got nothing to lose anyway. Yeah, you got nothing to lose. Believe me, incels out there. Yeah, if you're Virginia, you know, you can always lose <laughs> yeah. that. But then you won't be an incel. So that's, uh, I guess, that's a victory condition. Incels, like I, I can relate to you people. I, I consider myself an incel ally. <laughs> you know, I, it's like the, you know, people talk about like, oh, like you're an LGBTQ ally. No, I'm a fucking incel ally. You'll get on my level, bro. Like I'm not an incel, but let's just say I don't have a good history of the ladies. Um, in other words, I have no history. But well, you're voluntarily celibate. That's a different. Am I? You're like a priest, except for you don't fuck little boys. You know, not all priests. Not all priests. Yeah, not all hashtag not all priests. But you know, anyway. Well, my point is, is that I, I feel you. I can connect to you. I can relate. We can talk it out on it. You know, I'm uh, on these videos and help you out, and not only you, but other people, other incels. Like it is a, it is a legitimate problem. Like I'm being serious when I say it. Like. There are a lot of men that have problems with girls, and that's partially due to man-hating third-wave feminism and well, just society in general. There's a lot of problems with that. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's a whole another topic. We already talked about it once. Yeah. We'll always go for more. Yeah, plug uh, the video. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll post a link to that one, possibly, in the description. We'll see. Yeah, look up the Foundry. Like, we, we talk about it all there. Just, just look at it, you know? All right, but anyways, I think that's enough for this. Yeah. And, um, you know, peace out. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Real News.